0: Yo, what's good? Welcome to Counter Currents. This is your host, Petey Steele.
1: And your co host, Elena Torres. And our guest today, I mean, where do I start with the credits? All <laughs> right. She is the reigning champion of Stand Up NBC. Uh, she just was named one of Variety's 10 comics to watch, uh, which, if you don't know what that list is, it's basically like anyone that you have ever heard of that does comedy and is really good at it. That has a theater in front of whatever special. Like they're, they've been on that list. But most importantly, she's one of my favorite people. I'm uh, <laughs> Yeah. Please welcome the amazing Frankie French.
2: Hi guys. <laughs> hey.
0: Yo, yo. Welcome back.
2: Thank you for having me back. This is very funny. I mean, just please treat me like I'm a regular person. Please. Just come, come oh, I can do you're it. not a regular person anymore. My, my daughter needs me. I'm seriously. Hold on one second. What, what's up, Smush? I'm, in, I'm literally doing my interview, and we're recording right now. Real life. I'm, I'm actively on my laptop doing my job, so no, but as soon as I'm done, I'll give it to you. I need you to leave, though. I love you so much. You're my favorite person. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Hi. So what did she want? Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. People need uh, to know. I don't have any of these. These are empty. Oh. Sorry. Okay, she was wanting a soda. Um, she's uh-huh. in her underwear or I would have turned the camera so she could say hello. That's Bootsy. Oh, sorry. That's Bootsy, Bootsy everyone, by the way. Uh, you're right. I shouldn't have said that you're in your underwear. Can you close my door though before I actually murder you on camera? <laughs> 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 she's <is> right. <laughs> like you didn't you could have just said I didn't want to be on camera. Well then that would be me lying. So yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's just I mean it's 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 weird. Shit's weird. It's just weird. It's cool. I mean Walk the people What hap- through what happened.
1: You won stand-up NBC, and what month did that happen?
2: Okay, so... No, no... Oh, no, no. Okay, so the finals were November 5th, which is the day before my birthday. And okay. when I got to the finals, I called my husband, like, when they told me I was going to the finals. I was like, babe. I said, okay. I'm gonna be in L.A., my favorite place in the States. Like, that's my hands-down favorite place to be. On my birthday... For the finals of Stand Up NBC, out of thousands of comics, there's no way I'm not winning this. God is not that cruel. There's just no way that that. Come on, that's it, that would be insane, right? God loves a good story. That's a great fucking story. Mm-hmm. So, and I, right, that's a great story. So I, I I won that, and I found that out in so finals were November, December. So I found out I won like right before the end of November. Okay. Um, and then I relocated to LA January January 20th. And it was a very surreal experience. Um, it's, so it's just, so you I get there and it's like everyone's like clamoring to talk to me and you know, and you know, being a comic, right? People yeah. mm-hmm. don't talk about they don't want, no one wants to don't call me asking me for anything. Right. You know, I have a very hard rule. I stopped years ago. I don't ever message people for time or anything. I just don't because right. I know people hate it. Because when I produce stuff and my email, you know, and people that I've been, haven't talked to or never have talked to are bombarding my inbox, I'm like, please die in a fire. You know what I mean? And not, <laughs> not, but you know, and you I never message yeah, people no, for time for at all. No, uh-uh. when I first started, yeah, but probably after I've been, it'll be seven years in October. So probably after like year two. I, st- I never message anyone ever, ever, ever for time. Unless it's like your show, like one of you guys' shows, you know right. what I mean? Someone I know and I'm close with and I'm like, oh, hey, just so you know, I'm in town. If you have, sp-, you know, like that I will. But no, I don't call and ask anyone for time ever. I, I know mm-hmm. because it's, I feel like it's, If i rather work places where people want me to be. You know, yeah. you to be yeah. there, you'll, you'll hit me up. And then it just feels warmer and more welcoming. It's just different than when you're, yeah asking for time so um so yeah so I found out in I moved in January and when I get there yeah everyone's like wanting to meet with me and talk with me and you know and I have like a team now I have people like if you want to do something with me I could really have my how do you go this like how do you have
1: people like I've always wondered like how do they like call you and you pick who your people are because everyone's trying to be your
2: person all of a sudden yeah. All of a sudden people want to, so after I, after they announced it, it came out through deadline was the first to announce it. Mm-hmm. And, um, literally like within hours, I got an, an inbox from who the people who now represent me and, and my legal team. Right. Mm-hmm. But one of the associates, you know, his, and I'm like, what, why does an entertainment lawyer want to talk? But sure. Okay. Like, I don't know what that is or what it means. Sure. I'll come and meet with you guys. Right. And they have this beautiful sprawling office, like in, um, Right in like the heart of Hollywood, like right off of Sunset, okay. literally, like right up the upstairs from STK on Sunset. Oh, and, um, okay, Boa. that's right by,
1: right by my old apartment. Is that STK or BOA? Is that STK or BOA that's right there? It's STK now. It used to be BOA. I literally okay. used to live across the street. That's oh, shut funny. it.
2: Okay, yeah. so yeah, so you know exactly what building I'm talking yeah. about. So they're like up yeah. on the top floor. Or so i was literally just gonna say the soho house is in the bottom right. so and it's funny because i went to meet them upstairs and they're telling me about all the amenities in the building that you know i can have access to and you know whatever and mm-hmm. i'm like you know that's crazy and then i'm like i want to go to the this the soho house but you don't want to say that right right and uh-huh. then introduce me they start taking me to meet managers potential managers and the one that I really wanted to meet with was like, so they're telling me about the Soho house. And if you don't know what Soho house is, it's like an artist space that has like um, a restaurant and their meeting spaces, um, workout room, like all kinds of stuff. And they have multiple locations in LA, um, but they have them all over the world. They have them in like, in Tokyo, they have them all over, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can buy a membership and you can get a membership for all of the Soho, all of the Soho houses, except for Malibu. Yeah. Malibu, you have to, you can only get in, get in yes, if you have an, a, an, um, a membership directly with the Malibu location. So, of course, I'm like, I want to go to the Malibu, like, right? Like, that's where yeah. I want to go, right? So I'm meeting with this manager. And she's like, do you want to meet at my office or, or, or do you want to meet at um, Soho Malibu? I was like, you know, what I mean? and, yeah. I'm like, and I'm like,
0: I'm uh. like, really?
2: I'm like, I mean, you know, it's fine. I, we can do the Soho thing, whatever. I don't know what that, but yeah, we can do that. Trying to keep like low key, right?
0: Roll up so, a meter in a U-Haul,
2: right? Yeah. And then, and my friend that I was staying with, um, so I, because I, I didn't want to just go down. and like, and I'm so glad I didn't lock into a lease. I'm so glad because mm. Corona hit literally. January, February, March. So I was yeah. there for two months and came back for quarantine, thinking I'd be going back, and I'm still here since March what 17th. Mm-hmm. But my friend that I'm staying with, he's um he's like Hollywood royalty. His dad is uh, Robert Altman, or was Robert Altman, and uh, so he's letting me drive around the city in his BMW. So now I'm pulling up to the Soho House in Malibu in this dope ass drop top B- uh, BMW, fresh weave. You know what I mean? Like you pretty much couldn't tell me shit, right? You're
1: famous. That's, that's no, I- not, not, not <laughs>
2: even, but it was very fun to kind of, you know, yeah. be in that space. And it's just beautiful, like wide open, just windows. You're on the ocean. Fucking fuck you. Gorgeous. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's how I met my manager. And then through winning Stand Up NBC, we all uh, had the honor of being invited to NACA, which is the National Association, National... College, colleges, colleges, like. yeah. something. I can't remember what the last A stands for. Um, and they do. If pe- for anyone watching who doesn't know what NACA is, every year they have regionals and they have the one big, big NACA where everyone comes. And it's basically where you showcase your talent, whatever that may be. They had magicians, they had artists, um, singers, e- dancers. They have everything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, even people that like do games for sh- for for events they had those kind of people there so you come and you showcase your whatever your thing is that you your m- merch is and we were there NBC had their own table all of us are there um and colleges would come and meet with us then we showcase for them and they would come and they would book us for that um to come out and do shows um and that pays like crazy that's like i was like wait a minute people pay you like that for comedy like it's bananas so kids if you're watching, and NBC isn't the only route to NACA. You can submit to them, you can do a lot of things. If you can get in there, Like do that. So uh, with that came a college uh, manager, Mm -hmm. and then I met her, who also actually represents Lafayette. um,
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, uh, there's another, I know a couple other comics that are represented with her, because before all this happened, I was asking a lot of questions, because I found out how much you can make in a weekend doing college.
2: (laughs) No, it's quit your thing. job. like if you're you can literally do a, a few months and make like 50 grand yes like, wow. no joke not and i'm not even like fluffing it up or inflating the numbers i'm that's being modest like you can yeah oh, so no, there,
1: there was a feature at a show i did who only does colleges A you know he's just a working comic and he makes over a hundred thousand dollars a year
2: boom there you go yeah and he probably only works half the year like i, yeah. I don't yeah, he, does, he definitely has the summers off if he wants. Uh, but yeah, you can really, you can make a nice comfortable living as a college touring comic for sure. Um, so, so that happened and then the world shut down. Um, and I was like right in the middle of like writing this pilot um, and just really motivated to kind of do stuff. And then it was Corona just a big kick in the dick. And then on top of that, I found out I was pregnant. Um, and then all of the cops started just like stepped up their murdering black people for whatever reason and i just spiraled into the worst depression and i lost the baby Uh, and that's why i hadn't i was like every time you would ask me i would want to respond and it would just send me into like the deepest depression and i was just like i can't even talk about it um i got a bad feeling yeah
1: that's why i haven't said anything to you about it because i got a bad
2: feeling and i was terrible i'm not even gonna lie it was fucking terrible i it was so i wanted that baby so but i was so oh my god i can't even Ugh. whatever um it was awful it was fucking awful but i and I, I i've never been affected so much by um the police brutality or just racism in america as i have been with this and i don't know if it was because we've all been in the house mm-hmm. you know like trapped in the house and so it was like concentrated but i couldn't eat Like I literally couldn't fit, I would eat, I was eating literally like a baby bird. Like I could eat a bite or two and that would be it. I could not even force anything down. I would force myself to drink water at least so I could stay hydrated. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I got to a point where I was losing two pounds a day. And between the three of us and whoever sees this, I'm not even joking or trying to be funny at all. I was, I thought I had stomach cancer or something, right? right? Because no joke, and literally no exaggeration. Every single day, I I would get up and I'd stand on the scale, and I was at least a pound and a half or two pounds lighter than the day before. And I was like, "You you don't. People don't lose weight like that unless they're sick. They have, you know, a tapeworm or or something." Uh, Anyway, and then I was calling. I was trying to get it, and and this was, this was a. It got very dark for a while. So I was trying to go and see my doctor, obviously. Mm -hmm. And with Corona, they weren't seeing patients and no one would help me. No one would help me. And I was just like, I couldn't even get like, someone to talk to me over the phone. I went to the, you know, the ER, they can't do anything because they, you know, you need to do a battery, of tests and figure out why are you just, sure. weight just flying, that doesn't, but anyway. So long story short, it ended up being from stress and the stress on my body, the weight, the the significant weight loss, I couldn't sustain the baby. so so that happened so now i'm like just spiraling into this depression i'm broke you know i'm like going watching my bank account just and charles he lost half of his pay because his hours were cut you know what i mean because he works at works at the hospital right right you know they're like well you can't be in the hospital so work from home and the way he was really making his money uh he, he his company helps indigent people get insurance um and he's a goddamn angel but when they cut his hours he couldn't he'd make his money by doing overtime you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. they're working from home they're like we're cutting all overtime so the job he's actually just found a new job i think thank god but you know but he was only working there because one he enjoys helping people so that was a great fit he wanted to work in the hospital so that was great and he could work as much overtime as he wanted so it was cool and then his check got cut by half So Uh, we're just like bleeding money on this side. Nothing's coming in. You know what I mean? So my car got really, like, it's just, it was bad. Right. So, and then I finally get enough money to like replace my car and like do all the things. And then I get jerked at the fucking auto auction. Just like, you know what I mean? Just like everything was just like, I'm like, okay. So I got to a point where I was just like, you know what? Um, And then my friend blessed me with a job. That's there. There's, there's this, the bright spot. So, the job that I, I work now. And uh, it's just like, here, here's a job. You know, I know you can do it because you're an executive. This is like just like a basic admin job. You'll mm-hmm. be fine. I'm like, thank you. Hallelujah. Because I don't want it. I didn't want anything that would, could consume me because mm-hmm. then that completely takes my focus away from my comedy career. Right. So when I, I could, if I need to quit quickly, it's not going to be of a detriment to the company. Right. This job is perfect for that. So I'm working a job for probably like two weeks, and I'm just have a come to Jesus moment with myself. And I think we all do this in different points for whatever reason. But specifically when you're in comedy, you have these moments relatively often. Every few years or so, you kind of take a catalog of yourself, right, and yeah. do a, a, a personal inventory, like what, what, what the it fuck are you doing, totally. what?
0: It's like a 12 step program or something. Yeah,
2: Yeah. 100%. Every comic, any comic worth their salt, I'll say it that way, has done that. Every like, maybe a year and a half, sometimes even a six month window, but you'll stop and like, okay, bitch, hold on a second. What are you doing? And you just go through like, "How how are you navigating this career? Are you being effective? Right, you know what I mean? So I was going through that. And as I'm going through kind of my checklist, every answer in my crazy mind is, No, you're not doing enough. Check. Do you suck? Yeah, check. You know, are you writing any jokes? No, check. You know what I mean? So I talk myself, as we often do, into quitting comedy. That's because that's the solution, right? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. This is a Thursday, right? So I'm like, okay. And me being the total asshole that I am, God and I are like this we talk often. I don't know what you guys believe or what anyone watching believes, but I can tell you from personal experience, something greater than just humanity exists for sure. So I'm talking to that power, right? And I'm like, okay, look, dog, um, I can't, I don't know what I'm doing. Like my life is in shambles. There is no comedy to have a career. So that said... <laughs> What are we doing? I'm, gonna, I'm I'm, just gonna, I'm talking between, I know I've put a lot of time, I've made a lot of sacrifices to try to have this career, but I think it's over. So I'm gonna take the weekend and mourn the loss of this career and this dream. And on Monday, I'm gonna get up and not for attention or anything and not to get anyone to tell me, don't do it. I was gonna just inform everyone, my manager and everybody first, and then publicly inform people, hey, I'm gracefully bowing out of comedy. This is Thursday, again, mind you. Um, and I said, unless, God, you give me a sign so fucking big that I can't ignore it. If you give me a sign big enough that says keep going. Because I, I, I wasn't like, and it wasn't a thing where I was mulling this over, like I said, for attention. Because I hadn't even talked to Charles about it. This was just a mm-hmm. thing I'm thinking just to, solely to myself. And I wanted to take that time, like I said, to mourn giving it up. Mm-hmm. But I said, you know, unless you give me like a ridiculous impossible sign, you know what I mean? Something that's not going to even happen, then sure, I'll, I'll continue to do it because clearly I should, right? Thursday, I'm reminding you again. I go to sleep that night and I have the world on my fucking mind because I love what I do. But a few things I've I learned while being in quarantine, I love my family a lot more than the time I was giving them. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, absolutely.: Yes. No. Uh, and uh, hold on, one second. Sorry, I don't, do not, I am not crying today, <laughs> but I, I, I just realized how much I love my husband and my daughter. I love those people. Like yeah. sometimes in the morning, Bella will come in and crawl in the bed with us, right? And I'll be in the middle because I'm always like all the way on Charles's side, just like smothering him because I'm just he's like, you are definitely a, a Care Bear for sure. And funnier thing, I have a heart shaped birthmark on my stomach, perfectly heart shaped. And he's like, you are 100% a Care Bear. <laughs> so Bella will climb in on the other side. And I'm, kid you not, if, when I feel that peace with them, just on both, that's everything in the whole world to me. That's it. I do not I need nothing else, you know? Yeah. And I just realized that being able to spend so much time with them, so I'm like, you know what, at this point, I'm like, if I have to give up this career that I love and pursue something in, you know, regular society, I'm okay with that because I, I, have, these, the, I have these guys, right? Uh-huh. I wake up that Friday morning. I'm going to read you the text. Hold on. I'm going to read you the text. So the text is so nonchalant. It's hilarious. Uh, okay, here, here's, here, here she is. Let me go back. Uh, let's do twice forward you an email oh okay so this is my manager's assistant right and she's very new to the entertainment industry so she doesn't really like you know she's not really up on a lot of things so i get this this is friday august 7th Two thirty eight p.m i see i see get this this text hey there i'm gonna forward you an email we received asking who your representation is something they want to send you regarding 10 comics to watch um and then she says they're from variety right <laughs> and then she says i haven't responded because i wasn't sure if you're interested right so i'm like so i'm just like yeah okay send it over i'll take a look because i'm like i don't okay sure i I don't know what that is because i'm like i can't variety i don't know what that is like it's not variety magazine so i don't i don't know what the what that is right i click on the email and it's the ch- editor chief or whatever you know what i mean and i'm sitting there just staring at it like okay and and then it, the the body it reads we're uh we're trying to get some information on who represents frankie French um we're hoping you can you can put us in touch uh she this is in this, this other this is in regards to the to Variety's ten comics to watch that's what it says right and so I read so I'm like, oh, I guess maybe they want me to judge it like i don't <laughs> I, 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 I kid you not i'm I'm not kidding i'm like so, <laughs> I'm like, well, I wonder who's on it. I wonder if anyone I know is on it. That's kind of cool. Like that's pretty prestigious. I get to like kind of be on the inside and like decide who the 10 comics to watch. I have time to like go through people's feeds. Sure, like I could do that.
0: Fry on a robe, sure. That's hilarious.
2: Very funny, right? So I message my uh, manager. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like tell him I'm, uh, yeah, I'm interested. So that's Friday. So I'm still going, taking the weekend, remember, to release my, you know, comedy career. And then Sunday, I get an email saying, congratulations. And I'm like, okay, what did I get? Or what did I, What did someone see from yesteryear? So I click on the email and it's like, congratulations, we just want to let you know that Frankie French has been selected as one of the 10, com- as one of Variety. It's so funny to me. 10 comics to watch for 2020. And so I'm like, I don't understand what they mean. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. so like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't, and so my manager's like, bitch, it's you, bitch. You are the one. You're going to be featured in Variety. So I told Charles, and I kid you not, he goes, oh my God, babe, are you judging it? I was like, "Your mom judges it, okay? Fuck you." I'm like, "No, nigga, I'm about to be in Variety magazine. Me, your wife is gonna be in it." And he's like, "Variety the magazine?" I'm (laughs) like, "Nigga, you sound like 12 Years a Slave right now." Yes, Variety the magazine. Okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) so even still. I i am waiting for them I have no clue how this happened and I talked about this the other day and this is a lesson I want to share with everyone it's so fucking important we we humans in general but comics specifically we have this very very awful habit of reading ourselves the most horrific bedtime stories we I don't know what it is about com- I don't know what it is about the profession or the inclination to to perform this type of art. But everyone that does, it's like, oh, you know what? I think I'm gonna s- talk myself to sleep by telling myself how fucking terrible I am. Okay, <laughs> start. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like we, I don't know why we do it, but we do it. And not only, not only do we feed our- ourselves that bullshit, we also feed ourselves bullshit about what we've made up that other people think about us. Does that make sense? Oh, 100. absolutely. My we husband take, would extremely agree with that. We take every situation, yeah. every scenario, one, we turn it back <laughs> to ourselves, we make it about us, and then we make it about something negative about You know what I mean? It's the most bizarre, emo- it's the most bizarre cycle. It Everybody, makes
0: no sense, but it happens. I, yeah. I totally agree. I mean, like, I have not- for all the snubs I have, I can remember every single one of them. But then there's been all these terrific things, but it just doesn't compare to the feeling of the snubs. And that's true for humans, I think, in general. But com- comedy especially, because it's a one-man sport. You have to mm-hmm. be vulnerable and bare your whole fucking soul. So it's like, oh, yeah, if they don't like my act, they really got a problem with me.
2: You right, know? That yeah. maybe that's a good... That's a Excellent an- analysis of that. That's probably exactly what it is because we are so connected to our material. Yeah. So when we, when we bomb, that's me bombing. That's who I am. Just bombed. <laughs> I mm-hmm. never connected that before, PD. That's bananas. That's fucking crazy. Because yeah, it's a human trait, but it's concentrated in comic in comics. It's yep. like a, yeah. like regular humans get like I have a twenty five percent strong mental defect you know what I mean comics that's shit's a hundred proof like it's all the way whatever the max can be so I I met this person through NBC he's um uh I don't know if he would want me to to say but anyway he's very influential in the industry I'll just put it that way and we've interacted multiple times and he's always been absolutely lovely but for whatever reason I'm like he doesn't like me I don't know why but he he's a uh, for whatever reason probably because he is so influential why would he like me you know what i mean that mm-hmm. so i'm like i don't know how the fuck i got this like how, okay cool but i thank you you know turns out uh i have a show called french roast i, I think both of you probably know about it yep. It's a, um pop-up roast show if you ever want to be on it seriously please hit me up I would love and would be happy. Oh, look who's here. Hey, my favorite. Hey, hey, hey. Hi, Charles. Hey guys, how are we doing? <laughs> <How's it> good. <going? laughs> how are you? I'm he's good. so cute. So clean. <laughs> he's so clean and cute. He just got the shower. Not that anyone cares. Anyway. Hi. <laughs> okay. So um it's so gay. I've been with him for 20 years and I'm <laughs> like, mm, he's so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> uh oh, so uh he's very influential, right? So um and he's always been lovely, but for whatever reason, I made this up in my mind, right? So I'm, I did do the show French Roast, which is a pop up roast show. So, what that would mean, Elena, like, let's say you wanted to get Dom, right? You're like, okay, me and Petey wanna get Dominic. And I'm like, bet. I'm like, so invite him to the show, tell him we're, we're roasting you're roasting me, doesn't matter, tell him you're roasting anyone. Bring him on the show, and then when when it's his time, you know, we'll be like, "Bam, bitch, we about to you about to give French roast," you know. And then, um, so the idea is we want the comic. We I prefer to doing it with comics. We do it with Reggie's too, or with civilians too, which is fun. But when you do it with a comic, it's, uh it's like why we do comedy, the show, seriously, because you're one. The comic isn't prepared for it, but at the end, they get the opportunity to roast us back and when they try to roast us back, we just continue to shit on them. Like it's <laughs> so much fun. Yes, yeah, yes, it's so fun. Anyway, um, and I'll send you guys our last episode, the one where I w- was the potato Mike. Mm-hmm. We, I called myself uh, um, Mike, i uh, sorry, I call myself old Mike Hashbrown. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so wow. So if you ever wanna be on it or if you ever wanna get somebody, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. So- Uh, NBC Boston somehow found out about the show and hit us up and asked if we would roast one of their reporters and let them do a feature about it. Of course we will, right? Mm -hmm. So great show. And so the feature comes out. So I sent it over to my NBC LA folks like, hey guys, this is the show I was telling you about at NACA. I did it virtually. Um, Look at this cool feature, not for nothing. They just like to know like things we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. So I send it to one person she literally messages 30 other people in NBC. And it's just like, holy shit, this is amazing. Look what Frankie's doing. Blah, 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 that, one, that guy I was telling you about was on that email chain. And he emails me back separate from everyone. He's like, wow, I remember you telling me about this idea. I can't believe you actually, like you really did it. That's amazing, Cong- you know, congrats. And I'm like, thanks. Come to find out he's the one that pitched me to Variety because of that show, wow. because of the pandemic. Do you get what I'm saying? Like yeah. had all of these things not happened, I would have never been making that show. I, I wouldn't have been doing that. I would have been, right. I was wholly focused on trying to secure an, an acting gig. You know what I mean? Right. That was my focus. Anyway, so that happens. So the lesson that I want to share with everyone is that The things you worry about and the things, the the bullshit you tell yourself, I would say maybe 0.001% of that is true. We waste so much time breaking ourselves down and telling ourselves just foolishness. One, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks of you. It really doesn't matter. Okay. You got to find a way to find security and strength and resolve within yourself and treat people kindly. That's it
1: yeah work you right. know
2: be consistent work your craft whatever your craft is and seriously whatever you love keep doing that i never thought what no i'm lying when i started doing comedy this was my goal this was the exact path i wanted to be on i wanted to when, when i've heard about Santa up mbc my first year in and i told my friend glow who told me about it you know glow butler yeah
0: yeah Glow butler she,
2: sure yeah when she told me about it i said that's how i'm going to get into the industry I I don't know how I knew that, but I'm like, that's how I'm going to get into the industry is through that program. I'm going to win that. And I went every year for four years. And then I didn't go. Why? Because I was a little punk ass bitch in 2018 and I was bitter and my feelings were hurt and I wanted people to just give me shit because I felt like I'd worked hard and I deserved it. But what I realized also, here's another lesson for you kids watching at home. Stop being a punk ass bitch, for real. If you're not getting things even if it is because of discrimination or misogyny or whatever, I'm not saying you shouldn't work to eradicate those things, but that's not your focus. Your folk when I when, when I was turned away, I what I did was I went out and PD can attest to this cuz he saw me out. I went out every single night for 2 years straight, every night without fail, 7 nights, okay? And I would hit minimum three three mics in a night that was minimum. you can go back and check my facebook feed i had a hashtag or just a saying i would say four mics one night i think it was or whatever yeah 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 you remember and i was going every night and and i would bomb my dick off but i would get in my car cry and drive to the next spot and get back up again and I would refuse to go home. And this is when Tony Woods had that late, late, late night mic. Because if all, yeah. all, all else failed, I would take my ass over there and, and try to get my redemption. Because I wouldn't go That's home. The Flavor until... Lounge. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. The one by the Howard Theater that they yeah,
0: yeah, the Flavor Lounge. There yes, yeah, 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 yep.
2: yeah. That's it. Yeah. So I would refuse to go home until I felt redeemed. Refuse. I'm not going home on a bomb. I'm not going to do it. I don't give a shit if my redemption is in the parking lot right now with these other fucking comics and I'm just spitting some bullshit and making them laugh, but I'm going to get that before I go home. And that's literally what I did for two years. And I'm not exaggerating or kidding at all. And I oh, was yeah. doing a corporate day job at the time. So I would get up, no bullshit, be at work at seven. I would be home by about 3, o'clock. I would make dinner for Charles and Bella and Boosie and I would get my ass on in, in the street and out to DC, Maryland, wherever. And then I would yep. be home like two in the morning and cry myself to sleep because <laughs> I was so fucking tired. I'd get up and I would do it all over again. So I say all of that to say, and I forgot about that. And when I stopped getting what I what I felt like I was owed or wanted, I became a, a, a low key bitter, crybaby bitch. I've and done it too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a sight. All comics go through that. So they, you're gonna hit a bitter stage. The key is getting out of it. Mm-hmm. And and that's the key. It's the trick and the trap. Because most comics get in that bitter stage and stay in it. And you'll, you'll notice that with a lot of veteran comics. And this is no dig. You go through a lot of shit as a comic. It's very hard to not be bitter because shit isn't fair in reality. It's not. And the further I'm going, the more I see how this shit's really built on relationships. Yeah. So think about that shit. If you're walking around in your respective city, like you're the motherfucking shit and fuck, and I don't give a fuck, shit, I'm funny. You, well, keep doing that shit. Keep doing it. I guarantee you might get a couple of things, but you're not gonna get very much. You're not gonna do very much. Why? Because all of this shit is based in relationships. People remember how you treat them. Yeah. I have a, pol- a, a hard policy with, that is... Uh, The true measure of a man is that you treat people, the true measure of of a man is in the way he treats those he believes can do nothing for him. I heard that years ago, and I live and die by that shit. I don't care who you are. I'm going to treat you with love, respect, and care unless and until you show me your ass to kiss. And then you're dealing with Satan from that point on. I don't fuck with you. (laughs) Yeah. And not only do I not fuck with you, if you walk up to my face and attempt to speak to me, I'm going to tell you to your face, "Look, dog, I don't fuck with you." Yeah. Yeah. Please remove yourself from my space. That's I it. don't min- I don't pretend to like people. That's no. when I say to y'all, "I love y'all." I fucking love y'all. Like y'all are love my you back. Like, we love you. You know, straight like that. When the shit is popping and I got my big ass compound, y'all are gonna be. We're gonna be doing summer camp at Frankie's house that hey, leader, hey. that shit. They're going to be nannies for all the babies and and a chef and a, a trainer for all the adults. We will have a fucking ball. Hell
0: yeah. You know what I mean?
2: And That's ain't hilarious. no yeah, ain't no scrubs invited. Like it's yeah. just and and I'm so glad like I met you like you guys, Dominic, Randolph, Andy. You know what I mean? I'm so glad I met people like that because I have my fucking squad. Yep. I mean. Those are my people. There aren't there isn't anyone else. So where right. I go, y'all go
0: that's you it. Know what I mean
2: period because I trust you guys I can trust you I know that yep. I can share thoughts and ideas and we can do th- we can collaborate and we can work together cuz shit's going to be right it and is not, I can turn I can turn my back and you're not going to stab me in it yep. you know what I mean and if you see somebody else doing it you're going to be like hold fast dog yep. you know you're, you know what I mean so that's my team that's my people that's when I get my show my writer's room is, is going and I can make the decision my writer's room will be you y'all you people Mm-hmm. You know? So my point is, just treat people. Be fucking kind. Be That's kind. It. That's it. It's literally that simple. And work your crap. Like work your shit and be consistent. Put in the time. Right. Put in the work. You know, because uh, Randolph said it, and and Charles has said it, and Elena has said it, and you've said it actually too, Petey. Because he, we're oh, so here's the other thing that I'll tell you, and then I'll tell you why Charles said this the other day. So today. I get a an email. Hey, Frankie, I wrote a pilot called By Felicia, B-I-Felicia. It's about my life. Um, but, well, it's about the main characters based on me. She's a real live piece of trash. And um, I just, I basically it took all of the worst parts of my personality, all of the toxic shit that I used to do, and made that, and personified that in this character, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you hate her. Like, <laughs> she's so interesting and just raw with her bullshit you love her mm-hmm. you know what i mean and then there's so many lovable people around her you're like just they <laughs> you can't okay. bang that we're recording i'm sorry that's okay uh, you're banging on the thing we're recording oh no. <laughs> sorry <guys>. okay <laughs> it's okay um uh, but and there's so many loving people that you'll be so immediately endeared to around her. You're just rooting for like, come on, girl. Every episode, you're gonna be just like, come on, just don't be a piece of shit. This just oh god. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's the feeling of every show. Like you're just hoping because you because the 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 um, kind of the secret that everyone's in on is that she's really not a piece of shit. But only the viewers and Felicia know that the people in her life. Don't know that because she doesn't let people in. But you guys, you know, the audience will know her backstory anyway. So I say all that to say, I get an email from my manager today. Hey, Frankie, um, I, I float uh, Nicole. Well, from her assistant, Nicole sent your uh, pilot to this A-listers, uh, A-list actor, comedic actors production company, and they want to meet with you about your pilot. Um. And I'm like, oh, that was, that's dope, right, cool. And then my actual manager messages me after I'm like, yeah, please set it up, this is my availability. And she's like, just FYI, um, he, he reached out to us about you because he heard about you from Variety and researched you and wanted to see what writing materials you had. It's fucking awesome. You, what the fuck? It's fucking awesome. What success the fuck?
0: Breeds success. It's great.
2: Yeah. So I'm telling Charles, and he's like, "Why are you so shocked?" I said, "Because this is the shit. This is the reason why we do all the shit that we're doing. It's for these moments. You know what I mean?" Yeah. He said, "But this was coming because you were working for it." And we and I feel like you, Elena, you, Pete, we need to tell remind ourselves that. Oh, all the I mean, time. Like, you're working for the things that you're getting. Because, you, you know, you guys know, whenever, if you post about anything to pop in that happens for you, what happens? Almost instantaneously. Some fuckbag hits your DMs. How'd you get that? Yeah. How'd you do that? Yeah. Who, 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 who who hit you up? Motherfucker, I'm in these streets. Yeah. yeah. I'm working every day. So people are seeing what I'm, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people, and that 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 DM is code for, I don't feel like you deserve that. I feel like I'm funnier than you. And I would like to know how you got that so I can try to do the same thing. Because if you got it, I can definitely get it. That's what that DM means. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I tell him like Dean Del Rey always says when people ask him, how'd you get on stage at the comedy store? He said, well, four guys were in a line. One guy got out of the line to get a joint. One guy got out to get a drink. One guy got out to get some pussy. And I stepped on stage. (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's a great, great That's little hook a fantastic there. fucking answer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna tell Dean. Look, dog, I'm gonna start telling motherfuckers that shit. How you get that? Well, funny story. <laughs> <laughs> funny you should ask. Yeah. <laughs> don't drink, don't smoke, and don't get any pussy. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> yeah. Be a, be a hermit for comedy. Right. But yeah, but I hope I'm sorry if I was super long-winded. But
0: no, we like this. no. This we're is perfect.
1: like the best shit ever. I think we're so quiet because this is an amazing story. Anyway,
2: yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so the thing about it that I, that I I like about it for sure is that like with people like you, like right now, I'll tell you guys more like offline. But like having these mo, I, so here's the thing. I wish coming up, I would have done things probably a lot differently had. I had someone sooner that was older and more experienced and, and more positive minded to kind of give me some guidance. You know what I mean? Because you, you can't help but to make missteps. Thank God I didn't make any critical missteps. Um, and, and another lesson I'm going to tell really quick, be whoever you are, whoever is your truest version of yourself, be that person. Yeah. I'm a very outspoken person. I don't really give a fuck about um, ruining my career, so to speak. I'm not gonna not say something about injustice because it's because I I feel like I'm gonna risk my career. I, fuck that like keep yeah. take, take my fucking career. I'm gonna say this shit, right? Right So I say that to say, be true to yourself. I think it's important, especially now it's more important than ever to speak out again to speak truth to power and to speak out against injustice, right mm-hmm. um, And people that aren't doing that, a lot of them are in fear of what reper- repercussions they'll meet. Well, when I started speaking out about the, some of the clubs and their lack of interest in BLM, uh, comics, a lot of comics stopped talking to me, like just kind of like trickled off into the night, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know that uh, Homer Simpson meme where he's Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the
0: kind of,
2: a lot of comics did that because they're like, oh shit, Frankie's like, really? I'll hear like the Joker just like this shit, and naming names and shit. So I would like to clear that up now on your platform, if you, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. My goal is I am not into call-out or cancel culture. Never my goal. I have no interest in that. I think it's fucking stupid, okay?
0: Yeah, we ain't either. We just did an episode yeah. about that last we week. Did.
1: We did an anti-cancel culture episode. It's
2: Miss me with all that bullshit, right? Um. However... I also believe that we comics do a lot for the clubs more than I think that they know, and more than I believe that they give us credit for, and more than and that the the level of respect we get just generally in clubs, no specific club in this statement, generally with clubs, the level of respect that we get is disproportionate to what we put in to, to the, these clubs, okay? A thousand percent. That said, I felt, and I can't see anyone that would disagree, I felt that the clubs and bookers and promoters and producers had a responsibility at the beginning of all of this, even now still, if you haven't done it, maybe take some time and think about it and do it, had a responsibility to support BLM and to support this movement, okay? Comedy is one of the key pieces of any um, uh, civil uprising. It's the way a lot of people disseminate information. It's the way a lot of people heal. And it's a way a lot of people can actually learn and change their perspective. Because they can hear a joke from their favorite comedian. And even at first, well, fuck that, fuck BLM. But the more they hear it and think about it, it can sometimes change a person's heart. Okay, so I feel like comedy is very important. That said, a lot of clubs did not step up to the plate. They didn't, at, I, I, you know, it, it, especially when most of them reached out to me for sure, and I know many, probably y'all too, to do fundraisers to save their livelihood when, cor- when it was just Corona being sp- in the spotlight, right? And I, and I did, I did a, a thing for the improv, a, a charity event for the improv so they could raise money. So when it's my livelihood, meaning my life on the line, you should do the same in kind, period. There is no, you can't explain to me why you won't, you can't. Mm -hmm. So yes, I went and publicly said not to damage anyone's business, not out of spite and not because I was bitter or not being booked by certain clubs or it, because I was talking about Draft House too who this podcast is through and I yeah. love Draft House is my home home it's the first mm-hmm. club anywhere that paid me money when I, the la- the, one of the first times I was going to quit comedy and I told myself then I'm just going to and I was literally in my bed in my room by myself crying this this was 2 years into comedy I'm like I'm just going to power my phone off and I'm going to take a nap and when i wake up i'm gonna post on facebook and let everyone know i quit i'm two years in no one gave a fuck about me quitting okay let's just say that first well when i woke up i had a text message from randolph offering me my first hosting gig at uh arlington draft house so i love and i'm forever indebted to draft house so but they did not come forward and say anything either so yes i mentioned their name as well but i I say that only to say that I, was be, I wasn't trying to attack clubs out of bitterness or that, that I hate that club, so I'm gonna say this thing. It's because I love these clubs, even the clubs that I don't fuck with. I yeah. love these clubs. The, these spaces, I've had experiences in all of, in these clubs across the country that can't be replicated anywhere, ever. These right. places are like, they're like sacred ground for me. And I know that many, most comics feel that way. It's painful it's hurtful and it's devastating when those places don't step up to the place and to, to the plate and go to bat for you. So, yeah. you know, that said, so that happened. People started backing away from me. Like, Oh shit. Frankie done fucked up her career. So I made another video. Like you have my fucking career, just so we're clear. I want everyone to understand where I'm coming from. This is how I feel. This is actually the right feeling. <laughs> so if you don't like it, then just don't fuck with me. That's fine. You don't have to book me because I know enough dope ass people in comedy. I'm a do shit anyway. I just do my yeah. own shit. It might take me longer, but okay, fine. But guess what? When I get there, I won't be beholden to anyone and I have my integrity intact, intact and I can continue to be the same person I was before. I don't have to like, oh shit, they're going to find out that I'm secretly a Black Panther. No, you know what the fuck it is, <laughs> you already know. Yeah, so I yeah. say that to say, be whoever the most genuine version of yourself is, because your right. blessings in your career are gonna come anyway, they're gonna come. And when you're, when you're doing that, I don't have to explain to anybody who I am. I don't have to put on a facade and like, well, I need to be you know, very non-political and very corporate because no, if, you, if you're calling me, I'm assuming you know what you're getting. So I'm not going to switch anything up. I'm going to going to continue to be, and it's a lot easier to maintain who I am than trying to keep up a facade. Totally, it doesn't help, you know. So anyway, anyway, you guys, I've been like just blah 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 blah. No, it's just great.
1: No, I mean, and all that comes down to like something I've always really admired about you, and I've talked to to you about this. Like, you know, when I started comedy, I was just like such a horror for comedy, like anywhere that had any time I would go and I would wait and I would go up and up and up. I I mean, I would go up like at two o'clock in the morning if I had to, and I just didn't care. And I was just super nice to everybody. And I think maybe I overdid that because there are just certain people in comedy that I would try to convince bookers, producers to like me. And I was just like, you know what? Maybe I'm just not that brand, but you've sort of, since I've started, because I'm younger in comedy than you, but since I've started, you've always been that way and you've always preached that. Mm-hmm. And there's always a part of you, especially when you're early in comedy, be like, well, and it's ridiculous when you think about it, but there's always part of you that's like, well, if this club doesn't like me or if that club doesn't like me, then I'm not going to make it. All well, the I- clubs <laughs> have to like me. 100 percent that's one of the bullshit stories we tell ourselves right for sure right Mm -hmm. and you have never you've always been just like i don't fuck with this place or i don't fuck with that place and continue to succeed you know you just from the beginning you always showed i think and a lot of dc comics feel this way that it's just a lot bigger than the little shit around you
2: it is you know this is This is a gym. This is your local gym. The DC scene is just a local gym, And I don't mean any disrespect to it. I love this fucking scene. Yeah. My shit. You know what I mean? These are my people. You know, y'all are my, this is my shit. Yeah. So even the people I hate, I love seeing them still. You you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. Right. I don't fuck with you, but I love, you're a part of my scene and I fucking love you. You know what I mean? I can't stand you. If you were on fire, I wouldn't spit on you to put you out, but I fucking love you. Right. You know, and 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 Charles actually was a big saving grace for me in that because I was getting very upset about the local scene. Yeah. And he kept telling me he's like, babe, go to New York. Just fucking go. Well, but I, I can't mm-hmm. go on you. <laughs> Give me my baba. Change my diety. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, And then I can't remember what, oh, I remember what happened. Um, uh, th- thou, thou thou, that shall not be named. Uh, when all of that went down, I, um, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, when that situation yeah. went down, uh, the tweet, the, the, I'm sorry, the status heard around the world, um, I, uh was like, fuck this scene, straight like that, fuck this scene, and what I realized is that I gave too many people too much access to me, yeah, you feel me, I should have yeah. just kept my, like how my circle is now, the only people that know what the fuck I'm really doing are you guys, Randolph, Dominic, and you know, that's it, nobody else yeah. knows what, the
0: operate the, I'm the doing. same way, absolutely, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, me too. It took me a while to learn it, but it's just like, just stick with the people who are good to you that you can be good back and you can be yourself.
2: And that's it, seriously. You, you can't, um, when, here's a, th- and this is another trait in, within comedy, also in humanity in general, but again, it's personified in comedy. You have a lot of, there are a lot of snakes. And what I mean by that, I'm not just talking about backstabbers. I'm talking about people that will smile and befriend you and and big you up and you know pump you full of just love juice. But their real goal is to figure out why are you the way that you are and I'm not that way? And how can I destroy you and take what you have? And if I can't get it, how can I just take it from you? You know what I mean? There are people like and I know that sounds so fucking psychotic. It does. It's no, it's 100% real. It's hundred percent real. real. And I left my doors open and I let those people into my space Mm -hmm. enough where they could get close enough to touch me. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so when that whole situation happened, and anyone watching that sounds very confused, I'm going to try to just very high level sum it up. There was a person in the scene who uh, felt slighted by myself and and two of my very close friends and basically tried to like take us out of the game. That's all I'll, I'll say about it. Uh, and it, it didn't work. But when that whole situation came up and started happening, I was like, fuck it. I have, I'm from New York. <clears throat> so I can go to New York. I have couches to sleep on any day, any time of the week. I can go to New York. So I was like, you know what? I'll go. I'm going to go to New York once a month. One week in a month, I'm going to go. And I had, one, I had been in Stand Up uh, New York. They had a, a comedy festival a few years ago. And I didn't pass in through it, but they started inviting me. To come and do like shitty check spots mm-hmm. for free at first, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I was like, you know what? Uh, and like you, Elena, horror for come. I'm like, sure, I'll go all the way to New York. I'll pay to go to New York and pay for a hotel room and just go up and do a five minute free spot and then go back four hours home. But it actually, it actually did pay off because I right. started going every month, and then they started inviting me. Then I got. Uh, then they started inviting me to host, and I started hosting like twice a month. Then they passed me and I became a club. I'm a regular there now, right? Mm-hmm. So anytime I go to New York, if I decide right now that I'm going to go to New York this weekend, I can text the booker, hey, even right now in the times that we're in, hey, I'm coming to New- I'm, I'm going to be in town this weekend. Dope. How many spots do you, you know what I mean? Just like that. And then I can call my other homies, hey, I'm in New York, I'm in New York this weekend. This is when I'm working. These are the ones I'm free. Fill up my day, you know what I mean? Fill up my night. Just like that. DC isn't like that. And we need to fucking get like that. When you know what I mean? We need to, it's not like that. You want, fuck you in your, what? You want what? It's, It's a whole bunch of, be dope. New York, you just have to be a cool, just be a good fucking person, be funny, let people know that you respect their time, you respect the fucking light, and you're gonna do your goddamn job. That's it. They don't give a fuck what you're doing. Not in terms of credits or things like that, but everyone's working. So they're not really focused on, well, how'd you get that? Well, what are you doing? Well, who's that? Introduce me. They don't do that.
1: Right. Right. So It's also so big. Like, there's just not enough time to focus on personality and all the bullshit.
2: Not even. And then I started going every weekend. And then I started going to New York so much, people were just starting booking me on shit. And they thought I lived in New York.
1: I actually saw that happen. Someone I opened for was like, "Frankie, what are you doing
2: here? Do you right, and I, like, <laughs> I live here. I'm like, what you moved to New York?" I'm like, "No, I just work there." Yeah, you feel me? And well, How how are you how are you working in New York and living here? Because literally, there isn't anyone that's doing that or has done that really. I'm like, well, how, how are you doing that? I said, I go up there every fucking week. I was going, you know, I told him the path that I took. I said, "You can do that same thing." You can do the same thing. I just get
0: on planes and go to different cities across the country. Meet uh, everybody you got to meet, do it for uh, a week or whatever, and that's it. Yeah, Yeah,
1: that was was my big goal for 2020 pre-coronavirus, and I started doing it a little bit, was to just go to New York as often as I could and whore it out. I talked to Josh about it, you know, and just whore uh it out, even for a free spot. Just like, Why didn't
2: you hit me up? I can plug you into literally most of the good bookers in New York. What the fuck? This
1: this is me hitting you up, though. (laughs) (laughs) The example of like comedians being in their own head. I was like, this is that was one of my big 2020 goals. I was like, I'm going to do New York in 2020. You know, I'm going to have the baby. I'm having the baby in December by Mm -hmm. March. I'm doing New York as often as I can.
2: Mm-hmm. You know? And when the world opens up, you should return to that, and I will yeah. help do anything that I can to get you spots for sure. Thank you. I love- yeah, sure. Thank you. And PD, obviously, that goes for you too, for sure. Thank you, you Yes, yeah, it's, it's stupid not to because that's where shit is happening. Literally, yeah. everything that I've and it, here's the, this is the shit that makes me so angry about DC. Everything that I've gotten, everything that I've gotten, everything has come from New York. All of it. Mm-hmm. Now, my training came from DC. So I credit DC for even giving me the opportunity to get on stages it's to the get the place to train. The the best. We build fucking Tonka trucks out this bitch. Like, yes. we build motherfucking Transformers. Don't fuck with DC. I don't Thank give you. a shit where you are from. There isn't a city comedically that can fuck with DC. It just isn't. No. Nope. I hate to break it's the news like again. that. Nope. That's, I will. I will comedy rap battle rap you, anybody. And I'm putting this out there. Any comic that sees this, you want a comedy battle rap me? I'm talking set for set, five for five. Please come see me. Um, I will, I'll put a team together. You put a team together from your city. I guarantee we will smoke that ass. Anyway, <laughs> um, that said though, here's the funny thing. You guys know about Benson Ball, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Where is that Uh, festival based? the Kennedy Center, right? Well, that's one of the venues, but what city is it based in? D.C. Okay. Where am I from? Where am I based? Or not, where am I technically based and have been based for my whole career? Aqui. Mm -hmm. Right. I have known about Benson Ball and the people that run it for five years at least, six years? I've always watched it from afar because they don't have submissions, They, I don't know how they book it. Like they just pick comics and they book it, which is fine, it's their festival. Okay, cool. This last year, I was a part of the future headliners uh, segment at the Kennedy Center. Myself, Rosebud Baker, Chanel Ali, and who was, fuck, it was one more. Why can't I think of the fourth person? Anyway, I'm so sorry, whoever you are, I can't remember the, your, who you are, but whatever. So fantastic all-woman lineup, right? Fucking kill it. Do you know how I got that booking? Through someone in New York. Through yeah. several people in New York. Someone posted, the, the woman that books, booked that show, posted in the New York Women's Comedy Group, does anyone know any dope women in DC that can headline? And literally eight different comics said, "Frank, tag tag me," okay, and that's how I booked that spot. That's it's fucked up. I'm pointing that out because like, what the fuck are we doing, DC? Yeah. Why is someone in New York booking me for a DC show? That should never have happened. No. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not like trying to call the manager about it. I'm just like the way we're so backwards in DC, the way we think and the way we do shit. It's like we don't want to give our local talent their props. I don't know. We play
0: ourselves. That's totally true. People just go to get their line to New York and bring it on down and fill it up for any industry opportunity. It's bogus.
1: And I've also seen a lot of DC Comics be like, well, I'm not there yet this way. And I'm like, I don't know. I just did a show in LA and nobody on it was good. I I mean, our average Mike has better talent than the shit I was just at in LA. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of DC Comics think that because we're here,
2: mm-hmm
1: you can't fuck with stuff like that which is stupid
2: no and, and that's the thing you know and a lot and a lot of comics are you know in dc we don't have industry here we're never going to be seen you can't grow and really like jump your career living in dc but i i never i've never moved i moved at the end but still i didn't get anything when i moved you know what i mean i didn't nothing ha- the world shut down that came back i'm in centerville virginia doing shit out of my fucking basement, you know what I mean? So uh, the, the next lesson, children watching from home, is that if you're not getting the things that you want, self-assess. And, I, and I'm not saying that, you know, clearly, I know racism, prejudice, and misogyny, and all of the things in the mechanism that is the system, all of those things exist, they're all real. They all can absolutely and will affect you from getting things if you're a woman, If you're black you know that's true sure at the same time you have a choice and your choice is do i give up or do or babe 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 this fool is in our bathroom with headphones in his ear so he can't hear me thinking he's being considerate and smoking his weed in the bathroom And you can hear You heard him coughing, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) He's hiding it from you. That's not considerate.
2: That's 100%. That's why I'm like, uh, babe, (laughs) (laughs) you know you need. I quit drinking, too, eight months ago. You know you need to break me off. Don't play with me. (laughs) But, yeah, kids, uh, seriously, self-assess. And look at Dylan Meyer. I wish my dude was still alive. We all all do. His, this was his saying, work harder. And he used to be in my DMs with that bullshit. I'm like, fuck you, Dylan. You're white and entitled. You know, if I could tell you how many times me and Dylan went fucking fisticuffs, but we would go fisticuffs and then we would love each other. Like, it, we, I could can, I can fight with him. You know what really? I mean? Like, that's probably one of the only people in the city that he was our, our Moses. You know, he kept all the people together. Yeah. Now, when he died, like that pretty much went with him. Yep. You know, so there was a figurehead that tried to, to raise up and kind of take that spot, but then turned out to be Satan, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> <you know. laughs> but we digress. <laughs> and I love you guys so much. And I'm so very, very thankful to have both of you as friends and, and family and in my life forever. And just so oh. you know, you're never getting rid of me. Even if we don't talk, we can go extended periods of time. It doesn't matter you're still my fucking family and we better stop going period long stretches of time without talking
0: yeah absolutely you got my number well i got your number i'll hit you up more often and, uh, yeah be better friends to each other Let's do well that.
2: i want to be better friends but what i really want i want to see us all get this fucking money i want to like and i'm gonna yeah. build like a comedy conglomerate you know what i mean like how kevin hart has heartbeat yeah. And this fucking team. I want that shit. I want me and my motherfucking team. And that's what we do. We sit around and fucking create dope shit.
0: You yeah. know what I mean?
2: Horror shit. I want to do horror. Like I, all the shit. And I'm so blessed to have so many wonderful, brilliant-minded people and creative people. Here's the, here's the thing that I will say: the pilot I wrote, first thing I've ever really written, first pilot I, I ever wrote. And um, you guys know the comic uh, comedian. He's, uh, um, what was he in? He's, oh, he won a bunch of the roast battles. Mike Lawrence. or Mike Yes. Yes. So I hit him up on Instagram and uh, he said he would read scripts of, uh, uh, he would read scripts for Black people and people of color and try to give them notes and help them to move their script along, right? So um, I DM him like, hey, you want to read my script? (laughs) Lol, right? And I didn't toot lol but I'm thinking like you know I'll hear back from him in a few weeks boom immediately yeah here's my email send it dope I'm like okay cool so I send it I'm like I'll hear back from him in like probably like a week or so he emailed me back at 3 a.m that morning he's like this is literally one of the best scripts I've written or I've read since um pilot season I said well full disclosure that's the first pilot I've ever written my point is the motherfuckers I fuck with are so goddamn talented. Can you imagine if we tried?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm not even kidding. I've, I, here's another ex- I've never written a joke on paper in my career. Never one time. Ever. I just started with this roast show because I can't remember those roast jokes. Everything.
0: Yeah. No, no, I'm the same. Joke. I know exactly what you mean.
2: Yeah, but I've never, like, any of my sets, any joke, you, I've never, ever, none of them are written down anywhere except for... One of my sets because I had to submit it for something, but uh, outside of that, never have written it down. Can you imagine if I actually tried at ri- really writing stand up? That's my, my, yeah, that's but I'm saying, like, that's my everyone on my team is all of you guys, all of us are like that. If we really could put aside the bullshit of the day to day and make our focus creating, hell yeah, it We're would on. be disgusting like yeah. so that's my goal that's what i'm driving towards that's what all of this for me is for i want to build something so our kids have something do you get what i'm saying like Fuck yeah yeah we can leave it to the babies boom look at what we fucking built look at what we fucking built mm. and we can just be old and fat on on an island in fiji while our fucking kids are slaving away at our multimedia entertainment company
0: yep marcellus right. wallace was right Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, I, I sum it all up to say that, like, my my main goal, just in life, I, I just want to help people. I want to leave the world, and I know it's a very corny, cliche statement, but I do want to leave the world better than I found it. And I yeah. think that right now we're in an ideal, optimal position, we humans, not comedians, just we humans, to really get involved in an exact and effect change. You know, I'm taking a debatable as fuck, and I'm... Uh, I'm on hiatus right now. We're coming back in October and I'm going to use, we're going to do a series for the month of October, um, Debatable as Fuck, the In Transformation, Get In Transformation uh, Tuesday series. And I'm bringing on a friend of mine, Monroe Elise. Um, She's a trans woman, black trans woman and lives in DC. She's a comic and actress model and uh, activist. And she does like um, speaking gigs too. And she's going to be my co-host. And we're nice. going to bring on uh, trans women of color, uh, Black women and, women and trans women of color, and um, some allies as well, every Tuesday in the month of October and talk about trans issues. Because I swear to God, if I open my phone and see one more trans woman being beaten in the fucking street and people watching and laughing, I don't even, my brain can't even understand the mentality that would lead you to do that. I don't give a shit if it was a fucking KKK member, and I'm not even kidding, in a Klan outfit, I, could, I can't physically watch someone being stomped. I couldn't do it. I don't have it in me. I'm just not built that way. I'm not. And no one's talking about it. The trans community is, but no, the, where are, no one's saying anything about it. It's like no one cares. So like I said, we're in a, a very special moment where people are paying attention. So the more we can use this time to bring awareness to issues. So that's what our goal is. We're gonna do that for the month of October and then have a live um, uh, fundraiser, very small, socially distant, maybe like 30 live people in the audience. I, I, I wanna do it at DuPont Underground and um, get, I'm looking for a media partner to partner with to simulcast it live and, and make it like a, um, like a telethon, like a, not long, like a two-hour kind of telethon thing where people can call in and uh, donate money to a trans organization that's working to eradicate change. So now this is just 30 days, but we can, I want to expand it beyond that, but 30 days I felt like was easy to digest and make happen. Um, mm-hmm. So my point in that is those are my goals. You know, I, I want the, I guess, the status and the money to be able to really spend my time fucking helping people. I know for myself, you know, not, and and it hasn't been a horrid hardship, but I've been in situations where I could have used a helping hand, like really like struggling. And there's people that are struggling a thousand times worse than that, you know, and, you know, so anyway, I think I've kind of taken it off the rails, but my ultimate, those are my ultimate goals. My path is leading to just straight humanitarian activism. That's all I really care about um you know so that's the ship that you guys are on board with (laughs) just so you know (laughs) if you're fucking with me that's what we're doing we're going to create dope shit make a lot of fucking money and then save the world that's the fucking goal that's the trifecta (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so that does that answer all the questions i feel like i
0: think I did. shit right now i think so yeah got anything else
1: I have no questions. That's such an amazing story. And I think what's cool about it is I think a lot of what you said can, so many people can identify with that, especially with this crazy year of just these roller coasters. But you know, like always, you always, you know, give your friends and fans and listeners, you know, you give people a lot of hope, Frankie. And so thank you so That's much. that
2: right just you gave me
1: chill. Did. Thank you. You really do. And so I just want to thank you for doing this. Thanks for
2: talking to us. Any time. Can you imagine like when we're all super famous and we're like on I don't know whoever's talk show we're on and we're just all sitting around and like telling this story? like remember when we were all at our like shitty houses in the, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> It was Corona and we like hadn't been outside in like 250 days. Yeah. That?
1: <laughs> yeah you could hear Charles coughing and babies crying and all that shit. in the background. Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So this is, this was, this has been dope. I love you guys. Thank you so much for having me and always being so supportive. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I appreciate you guys so much. Yeah. Cool. Cool.
0: Thank well, we got know. all those great things coming up. And we will be posting this shortly. But then again, by the time you get to the end of this episode, you've already watched it. So that's kind of a moot point. But um, uh, right. thank you, Frankie French, for You're joining us. You're welcome. Again. Of course. Thank and, you for uh, having. Absolutely. And we'll see everybody next week.
2: Bye. I'll see Bye.
0: you guys later. Peace.